There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. How's your week, Sarah? Good. Oh, do we do welcome here on this one? Uh, we can. can. Welcome. <laughs> Just in case. Guess who it is? Oh. We're back. <laughs> back to me i didn't damn it i didn't do a check-in all right jen okay i did a check-in and this was a fun week when you were talking on the on this podcast about fam- like when you're with your siblings oh, the how you can laugh differently mm-hmm. so i was with mom and dad i went out to stay with them spent the night and then stayed the whole next day so the fun part well it's all fun nothing's ever not fun <laughs> with my parents but my dad is helping us format the book so like I'm finally getting into like the design elements of the pages, the fonts, the transitions to chapters and stuff like that. So it's a really, I enjoy this part of the process a lot. And I like getting to work with dad. And mom's so sweet because she just like makes meals. And so oh, yeah. I just feel like royalty. She brings you snacks. Yeah. So great. Do you want a glass of wine? <laughs> it's two. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she's actually the same. She's also like, or is it time for a nap? <laughs> Or do you need to go outside? And she's right. She like is. all the things are like, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> she is living her best life that we're both in phases of life where we really need, need a her. mom. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she's so just true. getting to dole out her love language like crazy. So true. We're sitting there. Mom and dad are both working on their phones while I'm working on the book. And she gets up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Come, you hear the toilet flush. You hear the sink run. <laughs> she walks out of the bathroom holding a toaster, <laughs> as one does. I just <laughs> died laughing. I was like, "This is like a scene from Shit's Creek, except nobody would laugh. Right. You just would never ask. Like, why? Okay. <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> apparently, it sets off the smoke alarms uh, in the main room. So she makes the toast in the bathroom. <laughs> Gotta have the breakfast toast. <laughs> I wonder how many times they did that before they were like, I guess we're just going to have to right, right. toast our we stuff in another room. <laughs> Adapt. Adapt or die, bro. Adapt or die. I wrote that I feel like these past couple of weeks I've been realizing one of the difficulty of having kids that are very different ages is that their needs are very different. And so... I can be really focused and prepped for Penny's needs. And then when I'm done with those, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this whole other kid that needs like connection and attention. And I don't know, she wants to spend time with me and I just don't want to do that. And then I feel so awful (laughs) for not wanting to spend time with her. I'm like, just go find a friend. Go like send her down the street. Go see. Right. (laughs) Go see who's home. Yeah. That's called being an 80s mom. Yeah. <laughs> you get home from school. I get that I have not seen you all day and it's still, it's been 15 minutes and I'm, it's too much. You got to get out of the house. Go. <laughs> Please go. Build some re- resilience. Um, I feel like I hear that though from people with that age spread and those exact kind of ages. I don't think that's, I don't think you're alone. Well, it's still, I still will think back to, to Jenny saying like, oh, you're in the annoying years. And I'm like, oh, that makes me feel so much better. They are annoying. Even when they're not trying to be, they are trying to be a lot of the time. <laughs> right. This is, this is the intention. <laughs> yeah. But even when she's being sweet, it's still, I just feel well, like you're I, dealing with- I have no capacity it's the physical exhaustion of Penny. Mm-hmm. And then now it's this like emotional and creative mm-hmm. connection that Ava wants. And it's like, I'm, I'm tapped out. Yeah. Or I'm like reserving that for myself for <laughs> working on my own creative stuff. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent. It's fair. Anyway. Well, and I, you know, my kids were so close in age, which made it twice as hard in the energy side, right? but half as hard for all those reasons. Right. Like their needs stayed the same. They had themselves to entertain mm-hmm. oh, yeah. each other. Double. So the truth is, it, I don't think it matters 
or if you only have one kid, right? Then you're dealing with, I only have they one. They don't have a person. It, right, yeah. right. And so there's all, there's hard and good things about every single version. I started making a list of things I expect Ava to be able to do at almost 10. <laughs> what are the, <laughs> that I don't like? know if it'll be as funny as I would like it to be. Well, I'm going to hear it. So uh, I wrote, Eat over her plate. It will help to move your chair within the same zip code as the table. Let's don't be throwing fits about cleaning up our own mess as if it's brand new information. Right. right. Know your surroundings and deduce the appropriate body movements. Is there glass near you? And yes, you will have to brush your teeth every night for the rest of your life. Oh, no. Oh, oh, yes, I feel that. Okay, God. Wow. Thinking. And see. <laughs> anyway, my check-in is that he has, it's like he zoomed again, has been on the, like the airplane, um, like the airport zoom forward walkway thing. And he just really communicates a lot better and everything's really moved forward a lot in like a week. So it feels That's like he's exciting. like a year older. Right. When's um, his birthday? June 18th. So almost three. Oh, dang. Wow. Yeah, soon. Just when we're about to get the sound bite, he's going to be three. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get a different. But then Penny will be two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought of that. Perfect. So that's really fun. He feels like more of a person and also is expressing like fear, but not. And he says, um, when he feels scared, he says, it's not be scared. Oh, baby. It's not be scared. <laughs> Like he's comforting me and I'm like, and he's like holding on kind of and his eyes are big. Like if we're, the room is dark so or whatever, turn on the light. It's not be scared. Sorry. I said that too many times. That is so precious. Like you could That's say it a hundred more times and I would just I be on it. the edge of my seat. It's cute. And it's you. Um, it's not even him saying it. <laughs> How did you feel about Sarah's impression? <laughs> I was feeling the same way. I was like, That's right. What is it? It's so great. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's you so can be great. honest. I love, I'm I'm a big fan. You you are an expert at Parker. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Isms. Parker isms. Yeah. I know Parker through you. Yeah, I feel like I know him very clearly, <laughs> only through Sarah. <laughs> That's it. So one thing I was thinking of when you were talking about things your kids should know by now. Mm -hmm. Mine with my kids was you will never get what you're asking for when you throw a temper tantrum. Mm. even if I was on the verge of giving it to you, right. like it's over. And I don't, I think I'm just so stubborn and strong-willed. I never, ever, ever gave into it. Not like one single time. And like that actually, it, year after year after year, it would be like, when did this work for you? Right. Why are when we did still the, Why are you still doing it? And that, but they, like it worked. It actually worked. Once they hit like, they, like yeah. what, 20? <laughs> hang in there till your kid turns 20 you're gonna be like, be like oh my god oh, it was all worth, worth it. it i mean talk about long-term goals and, and it's not even like a guarantee it's not like a degree you're gonna get at the end right it could turn out terrible <laughs> wait did it did it work you said it yeah. worked to yeah. not like it eliminated tantrums well yes but like it's one of their like my kids have certain rules in their mm. mind that they're very aware when they're with their peers don't have that. And so just put it in the like, okay, we're in work life and somebody throws a fit. They're like, that's not going to work. You know, so you, you watch right. people play out that stuff in adult sure. life mm -hmm. yeah, too. So, and there are people who don't brush their teeth as adults. Like it really does. I would, it will eventually get in include there. myself. In that. <laughs> Everything on my list about Ava's things that I still do. <laughs> Pull up to the table, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> as it is that's funny so i usually listen to the podcast on my way to recording mm -hmm. and so i got halfway through it because my everything just stopped streaming oh so i had just that like spinny ball whatever that's so, so you'll have to help you'll have to lead me through the second half of mm -hmm. the episode well, what that's you, where most what of my notes stood out from, to you from so. the first okay let's see well, kind of the big, at least the meat of it, as far as I was concerned, just to start right there was just the awareness of 
what you don't know your mom does or offers you or having your mom alive and around. And, you know, in therapy, I've had many, many, many clients and friends, of course, who haven't had, like their moms might be alive, but they having kids sort of brings up grief of what they don't have, you know, with their mom. And I just think that's a very important conversation to have. And I'm glad that I'm glad that Katie brought it up. I'm glad that it it deserves attention Mm because there's the side of not having a mom, but there's also the side of what, what being a mom does to your perspective about your mom. So that felt felt really big. Totally. I was with my friend, Christina, we raised our kids together, but she, so she's got twin 24 year olds, an 18 year old, and then a nine year old. And that's, that's, so you would have some great conversations, Joy, about different needs of kids. I was brought, brought, I brought over dinner Thursday night and she was helping Beckham take his bath and she was smelling his armpits to make sure he'd actually cleaned them, which he never, ever does and has to go back in. So she's like doing the sniff, sniff. And he's like, but my belly's washed. You better sniff that. <laughs> he goes inside and she looks at me and she's like, can you believe I'm still doing I'm this? I'm still doing this. No, like it makes me want to weep. Like I said, Christina, there's no way you can understand. Like I'm writing a book. I did a TED talk. I'm doing all these speaking engagements. I could freaking train for a marathon. I could just add 17 more things to the list and they're nothing compared to getting through one day with kids at home. Like what, like if that isn't the same energy and intention you put into that, you could do anything, right. anything. And she just looked at me and she was like, so that's why I don't get anything done. <laughs> it's just, yes. It oh, should yes. have been funny, but we just both wanted to sob. It's so, so much work mm-hmm. and so many skill sets you develop in the process. Yes. There's a little more childcare headed our way until August because we have a girl who's going to help some and until she goes back to school and I texted Joy like, I feel like I have a whole other, uh, like and nothing even happened. It was like, just a Tuesday. She had just started. She'd been there for three hours. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I have a whole other brain. And not like I don't have help. I told and I told Eric that and it was like I could see he felt like a little like, well, you know what? And I'm like, no, you literally help more than I even need, I feel, but it's just that having someone be the person and you can like completely check exclusive. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. we both work. It's different, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. You get it. Yeah. Sarah and I were talking about how the concept of trying to get anything done during nap times is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just not enough time. <laughs> One day he didn't nap and it was like, oh, f- <laughs> I don't know what is, what am I going to do? I'm just not going to quit. Right. Work? I'll quit right. my job. Right. This is the only time in that one, that period. I, re- I remember, which is impressive, Sarah. That's really impressive that you, both of you do a lot with your kids at home. Uh-huh. I don't remember being able to do that. Like I remember trying to read. And, you know, if you couldn't read, I still would cry. But, like, right. at least I wasn't not doing a job, you know. Right. But, of course, remote jobs weren't a thing back in the day. Mm. But when I had had my kids super close together, my husband was a teacher. And that's a hard job, too. Like, he had to go to work and take care of hundreds of kids all day long. So, But still, his job was easier than my job. We all know that. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> And he was like, I would love to be the stay-at-home parent. We're having this fight. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, it'd be so great. I could I could finally write when the kids were down for a nap. And I like, I thought, I'm going to punch you. I am going, like all he could see is like, and I would be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be one of those writers that, you know, sticks their head in the oven right, exactly. by, the the, by d- dinner time. <laughs> Just all the bandwidth that you have to do creative stuff in the nap. It's just being able to push your. I'm joking. You don't. Yeah. But then whenever you are that person, then having to like force yourself into that. Yeah, you're you're immediately rushed. (laughs) Right. Or like the first thirty minutes, you're still like, wait, are they are they down? Are they? Every once in a while, you hear like a. "Ah, Okay, wait. I like you're just. I'm on edge the whole time they're napping because I don't know how long it's gonna last. Right. How much you can invest so yourself in yeah. something. How angry are you going to be if yeah, it gets interrupted? Yeah, the more invested I get, yeah. the more angry I'm going to be right. when I get interrupted. So I'm constantly w- towing the line of like, well, don't get too involved because then you're just going to be angry at your kid when you go to get them out <laughs> that, of their um, cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
tired. It's like Parker's <laughs> way past a crib. I feel that he's still in a crib. Um, and Joy, actually, because I already said we're at my house today and walking through, Joy got to hear the sound machine that is fully like You're at in an least airplane. as loud as an airplane. It's so loud. Because <laughs> his like room is open. This, to the this would, I think this would explain the three and a half hour naps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like 74 degrees up there. The just, Parker will go. It's too loud. <laughs> he's starting to. That communicating thing is also means that he's like knowing what he needs. And I'm like, is it? Oh, I've never heard you say that before. So I'm going to go ahead and ignore it. <laughs> like two notches. Oh, terrible person. Um, the other conversation I thought was really neat was just the one about your body kind of telling you like when it's ready. Like to have kids. I thought that was neat. I I had got pregnant so young. I don't know that my body really your, told me. <laughs> it had barely said anything. But <laughs> it hadn't spoken in any capacity yet. <laughs> so, um, but the way that I see it and that my peer group talks about it a lot is you just imagine like your last two ovaries just sitting there and like being like go 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 like this is our last chance and i remember a couple of years ago having this dream that i had a baby did you say last two ovaries uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> do, they, do they get replaced after do we grow new ovaries <laughs> the things the ovaries produced. <laughs> this makes sense why you had children so young. You really don't know, know your body at, at all. all. <laughs> and also why I don't have children right now. I have no brain. <laughs> they left with that two eggs. Listen, we got to do this now because I'm on my last two ovaries. <laughs> Were you going to say something if I didn't, or were you just going to let it? I, I, I know. I didn't even notice translated. it. Okay. I didn't even notice I it. I did, and then I questioned whether I heard her correctly, and then I was like, maybe I don't know about bodies. <laughs> I had the same, my mind did the same thing, and I was like, they're going well, no one it. stopped me. <laughs> oh, oh, I meant eggs. Um, <laughs> yeah, and since then, I've been like, ovum. I feel like there's something about eggs. And yeah, I'm when, like, when they're plural, is ovum the singular or plural? What is that something different completely? This is real good stuff. I, I, I am not going to like get really far down this conversation because I know so little about what I'm about to talk about, which has never stopped me before. Ooh, dirty facting. <laughs> but there's a lot of research coming out about how both COVID and the vaccine have affected the certain part of your like filtering for your brain. Mm. <laughs> Ever since I've learned that, I'm just like, oh, there it is. There's the oh. COVID. <laughs> Was that early or late COVID? Because I feel like they're different. <laughs> now being late, late, late life, late right, in life COVID. Right, right. I don't know. But ever since I found out, I've been like, this makes so much sense. <laughs> I can just put all of my... All other anxieties. All issues. Are gone. Uh, this seems all a little issues. COVID, a little covid <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> so the doctor I was talking to was saying how whatever tendencies you had, like you have this like filtration process that kind of moderates. So let's say like... I have some anxiety or I have some obsessive thinking or, you know, whatever that that part of your brain just doesn't now it's like shoots off. And he was even saying things like vertigo. Like, so if you had things that were kind of you were keeping them at bay or managing them, that part of what's happened is we've lost our capacity to manage, which we all knew that. But I, I think we all thought it was the stress of mm -hmm. what we went through. And it's now they're saying that it actually had to do with the virus. Dang. So that's a lot to unpack. Right. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, whatever terrible thing is happening, however bad you feel about yourself right now. Guess what? It's not you. Right. <laughs> it's the virus. It's another thing you can blame on the virus. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. Sarah, what were uh, you have some notes there? I well, see. actually, and speaking of ovaries. Yeah, your body telling you that you're ready. Speaking about Reiki and tapping into where you hold emotion in your body. Mm -hmm. And that has been the most useful thing for me in my entire life. And I just, I don't know. I wanted to actually, I wrote specifically, I'll read that. Accessing those things in that way. And I wondered you as a therapist, what 
can you say to speak I mean, to that? It's such a big deal. I I did acupuncture for the first time. Who have never done it last I want week. To. So that was pretty fun. Cool. But in all of the years that I've done therapy and all the work that we do around thoughts and feelings, at this point in my career and in my experience with clients and with myself, I almost feel like none of it matters except what's in your body. So what I say is that we think that a lot of our pain is coming from our thought, right? So we have this thought like, oh, I feel so stupid or, oh, I'll never get what I want or whatever that thought is. And we'll stay in that thought loop and then we'll try to fight that thought with opposite thoughts, you know, and you're still in this space of if I can get the right thought organized, I'll be, I'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that something has triggered off in your body. So that's the first thing that's happened. So, you know, like if I get embarrassed, I'll feel like my face, you know, like heat in my face. Mm -hmm. So that's happening before I've had any thought that I'm embarrassed. Right. The feeling is what is making the, the, the thought. Right. Sense, and then yeah. the thought is trying to like get that feeling to go away. And then you get trapped in thoughts, which then keep that feeling stuck in your body. So as much as humanly possible, and this you could do this with your kids too, is I'll say when I feel like I get triggered and who cares what the thought is. I'll be like, okay, what, where do you feel this in your body? So this, you know, whatever chemical or release has gone off in your body. And even if you resolved it, so let's say I'm really anxious because I haven't heard back from so-and-so and I'm like, do they like me anymore? Right. Whatever our brains do about that. We think, oh, once I get the text back and everything's okay, that we should be like, ah, I feel better now. But what's happened has already happened. The thing that's happened in your body is already mm -hmm. there. And so, so often that that those emotions don't get a chance to fully process mm -hmm. because we, we think we just needed to resolve the issue and then we would feel better. So my big practice, every it's all of our practice, is to let ourselves and, – and a lot of times it's so hard because it's stupid stuff. Like I don't want to acknowledge that I had such a strong reaction to right. something that I shouldn't have, so to speak. And so a lot right. of times that's why I don't deal with it. Like that was like, I'm an thing. adult. Right. Letting yourself feel that feeling physically until it goes away is the work. Like that's what everything is for. Like meditation, therapy, mm -hmm. any anything you're going to to work on your emotions is really about completing that, letting that cycle. So letting yourself cry until you've cried out, mm -hmm. right? Or it, it makes me really respect kids, and I'm also really jealous of them, that they fall apart the way they do, right, over stupid things. And then it like has its, yeah. it gets expressed and it's gone. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're learning how to do in some appropriate ways as adults. And if we don't learn how to do it, it really does get trapped in our bodies mm -hmm. and it will become something that turns on us, whether it's depression or anxiety or neck issues or back issues or any kind of physical illness. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I mean, I almost like it's the only thing that really even matters. Mm -hmm. like yeah. It doesn't even matter where did this come from or right. what are you really right. upset about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just that's not out. so important. Yeah. 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 And speaking specifically to you saying you need to like feel the whole feeling. And I think that I do that, but one helpful thing, not, but just, and, and like an, an addition, one helpful thing I found, cause maybe I'll stay in the thing too long. That's my natural inclination or whatever. And what is too long? I don't know, but okay. For me specifically, like I'll close my eyes and breathe into the thing, whatever it is, whatever the felt sense is. Oh yeah. That's too much for this context. Yeah, go, go. But like, okay, I like close my eyes and I breathe into that thing and I visualize it breaking up for me, depending on what that is. Like I can, cause I'll just get an anxious feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it's too constant. So I know not everybody's like that, but it's just all the time. And that one kind of piece is really, I think what's been like life changing mm -hmm. and I still feel those things, but it, it just helps. And then it dissipates it. I used to operate on like a kind of being chased really probably being a little like a micro version of being chased by a bear all the time, mm -hmm. you know, without explaining more, that's just kind of where I operated. And now it's like my baseline is know, like pretty calm, which is like, that's crazy. And it is because of what you're talking about, like recognizing felt senses and breathing and controlling those things. So I just, I don't know. And there, there, there's a lot changing. of stuff out there it's life changing. and it's not just for people who can go to therapy and it's very accessible in those ways. And it's like a YouTube video away. <laughs> 
it's a big deal, I think. It's yeah. really big. Yeah. So anyway, that wasn't, but I think what she said about breaking those things up with Reiki, I've never done Reiki. It seems really cool. Um, but like a, contacting those things and, mm -hmm. and that being super helpful. I loved hearing her say that. Um, two things that are really helpful to me are one, knowing that most emotions can take as little as up to two minutes to process. Most of them, like most, like if you can just give yourself two minutes to breathe and experience, like say what Sarah's saying, just visualize where do I feel it in my body? I'm just going to stay with it until I say to my clients, till it moves. But I really like that breaking up because that's what it does. Mm -hmm. It's it's in a knot and it's spreading out through your body. It's going to change form and then it gets to move through your energetic system. And then the longest I've seen it take for anyone was an hour. So it could take as long as an hour if it was a really, if it was hitting some sort of deep mm -hmm. trauma and that seems like a long time to feel yeah, a feeling, not but it, looking at their phone within right. that hour, but it also can take, people can never get healed of that. So one hour is not, you know, that's right. not really a big commitment, but I, but I like to tell people that because that's always the scariest thing is I'm going to feel like this forever. So I don't want to let myself feel it, but usually it's over in two minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I wanted to say, which this has gotten me through many, many, many hard, hard emotions, is that trauma comes into your body through, right, some event happens or something happens and you have this reaction. So it happened to you and then it's stuck in you and your work is to learn how to process through that. The thing that's important to know is that when triggers are actually current situations that are tapping into that trauma that's stuck in your body. And we kind of want to avoid those, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to get triggered or you triggered me or like mm -hmm. that, that's kind of a, a way of like saying, I don't know, the, the idea that I got for a really long time was, oh, we need to stay away from those people or I need to stay away from those things that trigger me. But the truth is it really is an opportunity. You're getting triggered because your body's saying it's now time. Here's, here's a situation in which we it's bringing that trapped trauma to the surface and it feels the same way. Like, you know, a lot of people will be like, that's just what my mom did to me or that's mm -hmm. that reminds me of whatever. So it feels the same leaving you as it feels going in. And people will say all the time, I thought I was over this. I thought mm -hmm. I healed. Well, you are. That's what healing feels like. It will feel the mm -hmm. same way. So imagine yourself like evil comes into your body. Or a better thing is like when you, you, if you like get food poisoning, right, then you have to like feel just as bad getting the food poisoning out of your body. Yeah. I've never been to like a chill exorcism. <laughs> it's pretty traumatic. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that has gotten me like when I'm having those <laughs> terrible, like uh, what's wrong with me? I'm like, oh, it's leaving. It's leaving. This is, it just feels just as bad, but this is, I'm healing. This is on its way. So yeah. This yeah. can be very helpful when you feel really vulnerable and overwhelmed with your emotions. Mm -hmm. Love that. Can I say one more thing about this? Yeah. I don't know that we need it, but something that I do is visualize the color that it is. And then like a lot of things that I just really want to like obliterate whatever it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. So I'll like really get rid of it or put it in like, put it in some kind of container and send it to another place or all of those mm -hmm. things, like just a myriad of things naming it in that way is important. I anyway, like I love that stuff. I could talk about, I literally could sit here and talk about it. I mean, it saves lives. What you're talking about, it will save your life. And teaching yeah. your kids how to do that yeah. will save theirs. Yeah. Because the reality is life is not going to slow down and not be throwing very difficult, triggering, hard things and new traumas around every corner. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it really is how we are able to respond to them. Yeah. And speaking to triggers and like staying away from certain triggers, I feel like uh, it's like a normal thing for people to like try to or just subconsciously try to fix their family of origin stuff in their own lives or whatever. In our life, I have seen Eric's and my like any mirroring of our family's origin and then like then having this knowledge, being aware of those things and shifting through those and working through those and that growing forward in that way. I don't know that I'm doing a good job of explaining that, but that's really valuable in like a relationship and also as parents mm -hmm. and like the awareness of that. And anyway, this has gone on too long. I feel I'm feeling that feeling of whatever. So, okay, I'm done. Sorry. Not sorry. I think she's triggered. I'm not sorry. I'm not. No, but I'm doing the thing that I do. Like it's my right. stuff. Downplaying you know. your well, I was thinking own thoughts. It's really, it's really <laughs> no <strength>. big deal. <laughs> 
sorry. Sorry, I, I think everything stuff. I say Just is min- stupid. Minimizing but myself. Right? I know this is smart, but I don't know if you care. Jesus, <laughs> stop. Uh, what were you saying? It's strength training. You're really like, if you're working out in a gym, you're increasing your weight. You're becoming stronger, but you're increasing your weight. So the idea is that me- more mentally and emotionally healthy you are, hard, bad things can happen and you will have less. Not necessarily that you'll feel it less. You'll just trust yourself that, oh, I feel punched in the stomach right now. I'm going to breathe through that. It will pass. It's not, you don't have to start creating a life that avoids difficult things. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like the dark years. Do you remember the dark years for your mom? Talking about generational differences. Did you get to the part I was talking about mom? How like she references her dark year or blackout years or whatever living in the the blue house, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember them well. With all three of us. So she's asking you if you remember those years. Very mom. well. Yeah. She remembers them well because I think mom would just hand me to Jenny. That's, that's what I've been told. <laughs> like, I can't do this. I don't remember that, which is probably why you got hurt all the time. It's actually <laughs> no one was watching you. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I, I still like, I relate to them. I've had my own, you know, now I can say, oh, I've had my dark years too. But as a kid, especially as the oldest, I just remember being, I was just mad all the time. Mm-hmm. I was just mad. I remember kind of being the one to like set the alarm clocks and wake everybody up for school and, you know, like get, do things. And then I remember getting in trouble for things. And I think right now, I'm just now realizing this being like, you don't, you don't get to. I'm you, the yeah, adult in right, this right. house. I don't. How can I get in trouble for anything? Right. Like I'm only helping. I was you up at six. <laughs> I got the kids ready for school. <laughs> like no, sorry, you don't get to get mad at me for walking outside with that boy after school instead of staying at the bus stop. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> oh, Something within your body that you apparently what it work out. Yeah, not only and it's not even a real story, but there's a oh, real story that goes with right, it. Obviously, right. it's funny. So the dark years you remember? You yeah, were I do remember you were part of this. I do remember, and it, I mean, all of a sudden is making me wonder: is there a version of life cycle of a mom that doesn't have dark years? Well, I'm even thinking of some of the moms I know that didn't have dark years when their kids were growing up, had them when they left. Right. Right. Yeah. So. And I, th- I think it probably plays out in some some version. Yeah. Maybe if you're really lucky, you get like three different versions. Right. Of dark years? <laughs> yeah. I, I just did a timeline of my life for a work retreat. And I did like a collage thing. And it looked sort of like an hourglass shape in the middle of like my later adolescent years or in like to 18 was like a dark portion. And I'm, I'm like going, I don't, I don't want to do another. And I had it like I go expand it. to this really bright fun, you know, thing now. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. And I already had those. That's done. Yeah. No. But I wonder if that actually, I guess it just depends on your life, but. Yeah. Maybe you end up having them before you ever have kids. Mm-hmm. And you right. have like a new right. lease on life by right. the time yeah, you yeah, have yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's exactly what Congratulations. Yeah, you already, you. You, yours are over. You, did, you finished yours a long time ago, Thanks. Sarah. Thank you. Well, I, I would always meet people who had kids later and they'd be like, oh, I had all my fun. I would just look at them and be like, I haven't had any fun. (laughs) And now the tables have turned. And I'm just like, oh, now I'm having like my neighbors will come by with all their cute little perfect life and strollers. And and they're like, I'm on my front porch doing whatever I do. And they're just like, how is it? How is it there on the other side? It's like, remember, you had all your fun. Uh (laughs) You wanted to stop having it. Ugh, I had all my fun. That is, don't like that. Well, but I no, I don't like it either. But Joy kind of alluded to it in the podcast, which was there's also you kind of come to the end of something. It's kind of like coming to the end of college. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, that was awesome, but more of that isn't going to be more fulfilling. Yeah, like, like I'm ready for more something of something out of new. my system, and now I'm ready yeah. for the next thing. And you mentioned challenge, which I thought was interesting. I had never heard you say that before, but kind of back to avoiding difficult things. Difficult things are what fulfill us, all that's involved in that process. Mm -hmm. So if we're just putting off the difficult things, we're going to miss out on the things that really, really fulfill. Right. Which is why we all have children. Exactly. (laughs) Really just to fulfill ourselves at the end of the day. (laughs) Some sort of sick way. (laughs) So true. (laughs) This is, I think, after probably the point that you heard also, but that 
Joy ta- Joy talked about her creative career and and that's really the part where I said that I felt like she carried it and I did feel like that, but also it doesn't, it's relevant. The point was the way that you talked about your creative career and the way that you felt connected to your kids and like, it just felt really motivational and inspirational and I don't have a point. I just want to say that. It was, I loved hearing that, you and Katie sharing that point. That was cool and good for me to hear, like as your friend, just, I know it, but I liked hearing it. Not good. I just, enjoyable. So what did it inspire you? Or how did it inspire you or what did it inspire you to do? My takeaway was to work or to pursue something, period, as a mom, you have to sacrifice something always. And the value in your kids seeing you pursue what you love and still being present for them, but also like the balance of that, those connecting points are, it felt validating and like warm and fuzzy and I don't like warm and fuzzy. Scratch that. <laughs> it just felt, it felt good. It just felt good to hear that. It felt like good. Yeah. And I wish I'd listened to it right before to have the exact words in the way, but this is, so I'm pulling from like how I felt when I heard that, mm-hmm. but. Did you think about it more after saying it? No, because I've thought about it. That's something that I'd been feeling for a couple of years, I would say. Have I already told you guys the whole, like me telling my kids, I'm a person, not a place. We talked about that. Yeah, I love that. I think though. so. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either like in real life or here. I think it was on an episode though, but I don't remember. It's because, and I feel like my kids had a had a good sense of that all growing up. Like I was always balancing something else, mm-hmm. and you know, went back to school when they were little, started my career when they were little, but still, it always was in the shadow. I call it a shadow career, and I think there was something new when they would come home come home from college or wherever they were, that it was like, okay, we're all going to be kids again. And I, I, I'm like, I've moved on. Like, I don't do this anymore. Like, I, I have things to do, people I want to see, places I want to go. Like, and I'd love to be with you. That'd be, you can be one of those people and we can go to those places together. But this I am not, <laughs> I'm not thing. standing at home, like cleaning, cooking, putting, putting away your dishes. Well, no. Which is funny. I never did that when they were at home. Maybe there's some fantasy version of a mom that happens when you leave home and you're like, I'm going to come home. Well, which kind of has happened with mom. She didn't do that stuff for us when we were at home. You know, like she didn't not, not like she does now. Did you do your own? We did. We did all, you know, your own stuff. I, well, I did. I don't know if Joy felt the same way because she might have moved more into that, but she had a lot going on. Like she was always running dad's business and stuff like that. She wasn't like the mom that was like, I'm going to pack your lunch for you. And I, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. It was Lunchables. But like, she would do that the now. easiest yeah. thing. But now she would, she would do that for yeah. us, for the kids. So yeah. I don't think I'll ever do that for anyone. <laughs> no, Jeremy's like makes these elaborate lunches for her. Like, cause he's been taking Ava to school since I, well, I mean, I guess since post COVID when Ava went back to school and I don't think Ava's going to like it if it ever goes back to right me. To you. To school. <laughs> Game changer. Yeah, she's getting so spoiled. He's like making dumplings the night before. Oh and I'm gosh. like, absolutely yeah. oh, not. Yeah. No. Wow. He's such a good mom. <laughs> I know. Should have him on. Right. He should, he he totally should take should. over. I think you watch Joy the Show Working Moms and I guess it's a spoiler, but Whatever. One minute. You have one minute to tell us about it, Sarah. <laughs> oh, oh. The mom. Um, yeah, you can. Oh, I don't have to tell you. No, it's not a spoiler. There's a scenario where a kid comes to live with somebody else and his mom before the new mom packed a lunch and somehow kept it hot. And I was like, what? It's not, it's not a thing. It's not real. But then I felt like it probably is a thing. So mentioning that stick, like horrifying. And there's probably, maybe there's somebody listening to this that knows how, but right in. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't want to do that. This is one of my not proud moments when I was still on Facebook, I guess. My sister-in-law, our sister-in-law, had posted this like fun question for everyone. <laughs> like, hey, my kids are getting bored of what I'm packing for them for lunch every day. Do y'all have any ideas? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, demon Jenny just came to her keyboard. <laughs> so, um, and of course, her kids are like in middle school, high school at the time. And my kids have been making their own lunches since forever. Like that's kind of part of the Montessori thing is they learn how to do that Uh kind of stuff early. So they packed their lunches so poorly that there were teachers 
like Miss Causey, who would actually bring a lunch for Avery because she felt so sad for what was packed in Avery's lunch. I was just like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> like that poor girl, her mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I, this is one of my triggers before I knew how to work through my own emotions. So Where I. Is this lunch conversation right? <laughs> sitting in my body right now. I actually not have good. not worked through it because my whole body is on fire right now. <laughs> You right now hitting all the spots. Is it the guilt? (laughs) Right? Right, Sarah? So multifaceted. Mm. So like one does when they're on the other side of social media, I say, um, I think it's time for your kids to be making their own meals. (laughs) I typed it in. And like this is I also have Avery with me who's like, Mom, are you sure you want to say that? And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> Bam, send. <laughs> so poor Megan. How oh, well did she know us at this like, point? They were married. Okay. She and Jerry were married. It like invited everyone. Let's start bashing Megan. <laughs> lunches and then on top of that then the this is why kids are so entitled these days like it starts this whole conversation and uh, and then of course I did feel bad about it I was telling and Megan and I have made up we're still friends I was like I'm so (laughs) so 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 sorry that was awful but we were talking about like if that had been a conversation we were having here right and Joy was like what do I pack in their lunches and I was like they should be packing their own lunches that would be like a Shut up. You know, like it, it would be a moment. Yeah, it's all about it, the tone. Right. You can't and do the it in, in experience. Text yeah. Or yeah. anything like that. It's so very or, tricky. Or maybe I would be like, don't say that, Jenny. Right. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Wow. But the whole lunch lunch conversation really gets me. <laughs> don't get her started on lunch really? or pets. Yeah. I feel um lunch is a stress point for me. I bet it is for a lot of people. I just, yeah, I feel guilt about it. And I feel like I do a pretty good job, but I'm like, why am I, I just, I, w- I wonder what the, well, that's maybe just my thing. I wonder what the teachers are thinking. Are they stressed that I alternate peanut butter and jelly and then a hot dog? And then when I don't oh. add in green things. Oh, and then, it, yeah. Like is that's, it healthy enough? Yeah. That's horrible. something I want to talk about from Katie's interview was uh-huh. I loved, I think Sarah, you asked the question, who do you go to? for advice. advice. That's such a good question. I mean, I was just like, I, I don't want well, to lose thank you. Thanks. Like, you really, carried, you you really carried that part of the podcast. But the question being who, and it, it would be okay if it was a particular doctor <laughs> that you followed or whatever, but it reminded me of your joy, your text thread that you had with Ava that you guys would text Oh, with all the mom, like the first mom cult groupings of moms. Say a little bit about that. I think I just have like, I feel like there's like two main ones that I feel like still exist of circles of moms that I kind of gathered together while they were pregnant. And it's gotten quieter over the years. But like the first year, I feel like the text threads were the most active because it's like anyone else's baby stopped sleeping through the night all of a sudden. And then like six other moms would be like, yes. (laughs) And I wouldn't really say much. I was on the threads, but Ava was so much older. So I felt like I couldn't contribute much because I didn't remember right. the beginnings like that they were when they were in the middle of it. But yeah, no, they've just all mentioned that it's nice to, even if it's dormant for six months, that you can just be like, hey, this yeah. thing's happening and it's stressing me out. Is, is anybody else dealing with this? The biggest generational difference between me and you when I had kids and when you had kids is that now there's infinite information about all the right ways to do everything. Mm -hmm. And other people are carrying that information too. So there's just a lot of judgment about the right way to do things. That there is a right way. We've found the right way. This is Mm -hmm. it. And you're trying to find it. And if you're really vigilant, you might find and know the right way. But then, so that is why I think it's so important to always be talking to real people to see like what's really possible and how is this really playing out. Yeah. Um, But the other part of it is just, let's say we did know, let's pretend for a second we had figured it out. We'd cracked the code on how to parent. Well, the reality of how that can play out and how you can function and how much energy you have to give every day is still what is factor, right? What is reasonable? (laughs) What is possible? Not just what's the best because everybody wants the best for their kid. Yeah, sure. 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 (laughs) 
in theory, it's somebody was it's saying, not going crazy. <laughs> somebody was saying to me, like, you know, Jenny, your kids are so amazing. And I was like, thank you. I take credit for everything that they are. And we were laughing about that. And I was like, that's not really untrue because I did some things that may have helped them. Like, oh, there's some good things I did for them. But the truth is my inadequacies have are just really what made them shine. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I really right. taught them their own resilience. Yes. By yes. being unavailable. Right. To them, but to whatever. Their or even just huge <laughs> mistakes that I made watching, like, look at you. That boss you have to work with now, she ain't so bad, is she? All all your peers are like crying how she treats you, but not my kid. Kids like, I got this. I like hearing that. Sometimes I think I'm too rigid or with him and that makes me feel better. Yeah. Too rigid with boundaries or like whatever it is. It'll change and you'll change. I mean, I just, because I didn't really know her and it was over Zoom, I really wasn't sure going in how it was going to feel, but it was so enjoyable and easy and talking to her was very easy. She had questions for us, which I, I don't know. It was just smooth. It was. What about you? I don't know. You know I, we have kids, right? Yeah. We can't. <laughs> right. We're not here to answer Your big questions. Your ovaries don't work okay? anymore. <laughs> my ovaries, I'm out. I, I like used my last pair. I like what she said. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if this is piggybacking. I mean, it is piggybacking on what Joy said. But when you say that, I mean, I think that's partly Katie being a person that's easy to talk to. But also we always say that all moms, no matter how different we are, there are things that align and that you sort of, I feel like connecting with her more, even though I've known her quite a long time and had like a lot of long conversations that is interesting because like the mom stuff is so easy to connect on Mm -hmm. and how we're kind of all in whatever boat we're on. We all have so much stuff that. Yeah. Like I I was anxious that she hadn't had a baby yet. And I was like, well, there's so much we can't talk about because she hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. And also I'm very aware, like, I don't want to be the mom. that's like, well, it's going to be really hard and <laughs> good luck. You know, I don't want to be negative. Face. Yeah. To her, would never be negative to her face about it. But I was just anxious about, are we going to have enough to talk about? And so I was just very pleasantly surprised at how it felt very effortless. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> there you go. Okay. My thought for today is one of my theological, be- I like makeup theology that helps to like get me through a day. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that has helped me the most through parenting is pretending that before my kids were born, they like, they were little souls, you know, up in heaven. And they're like, okay, it's your turn to go down to earth who are you gonna choose who are you gonna pick and that our kids pick us based on what they know we need and that they're like oh they chose me like they picked me they knew I needed them that's helped me through like so many different things with my kids and specifically that part what's coming up for me today is just that we're so aware of the ways we're inadequate as moms Mm -hmm. and realizing Mm -hmm. that that inadequacy is, is just as much a space for us to get to see what our kids learn from as the things that we do really well. And um, I remember one day again, being just too tired to do anything and being in the kitchen, even though I was washing dishes and looking out the window and well, being too tired to be fun with my kids, looking out the window and watching one of my neighbors pushing Avery on the swing and teaching her how to pump and just watching this little interaction between, you know, she was probably three and he was six and just watching him like, okay, and you go out and you go in and watching her get it and like what was happening between them. Just being like, I'm so happy. Like she's learned so many things from me, like has so many things from me. And like to get to watch hmm. somebody else teach my kid mm-hmm. and what that's doing for him and for her and their relationship. And just to not be afraid 
of all the gaps between mm-hmm. you and what your kids need, because that's really what's going to create a life for them, not just their dependence on like other people and relationships, but also in themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got myself through that. My kids, most of my kids' friends use their moms like an app, like for whatever they need, whenever they need it mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I, for two reasons, one, I don't have a texting relationship with my kids, but that, that wasn't a thing we had when they were right. at home. But my kids do not, I mean, I get calls for like, this is a hard right. thing or I want Big whatever, yeah. but I'm not, uh, oh, my feelings got hurt this minute. Like, like I watch my kids be able to work through it themselves or be with the person they're with and talk to that person mm-hmm. about what they're going through. And so all that to say, I mean, a mom is the ultimate God figure in a kid's life, right? Like you grow them, you keep them alive. And for them to get to see, and I've talked to both of my kids about this since last summer, when when they kind of experienced me like, oh, she's not perfect. Like, oh, she's a human. It was terrible at the beginning because they lost so much. But I I watched my kids become adults through that process. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she doesn't know everything. She can't help us through everything. And just to maybe lean in a little bit more to your the ways you feel inadequate and just pause and step back and see the way that that inadequacy is is just as much a part of your kid becoming in life as all these great things that you want to be. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Jenny. It's good. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you, Eric, for recording us Thanks, today. Eric. And Anna. And, and Anna. She's in there. Um, do you want to do, don't do you want to do like a plug, like a oh, subscribe? Right, 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 right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, please like, subscribe, heart, wherever you listen, especially on iTunes, I believe. If you can write a review, we have be 17 great. reviews. Nice. So far. Five That's stars, good. not to brag. <laughs> And I said, listen, I don't care how dumb it is. We really, I really want to review just to write one. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to write one ourselves. So <laughs> we think we're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we don't apologize for what we say on this Anastasia podcast. Beaver House. <laughs> Beaver House. <laughs> I stole that. It's from Will and Grace. Um, I was like, you had to have stole it. It was too fast. <laughs> it was too good. Too fast. Too good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and shout out to Mr. Aaron's Goods. Mm, yes. Uh, at Mr. Aaron's Goods for all of your bagels and pasta, mm-hmm. grocery sort of yeah. ish. Yeah. What do you call it? Lots of foods, good stuff. And good. It's some of the yeah. best pasta I've had. In, I really, it really it's is. It's incredible. It's in my like top, it might be my top three. Yeah. Where do I get some of this pasta? Uh, at Mr. Oh, I hate that smack part. Damn it. Stop it. <laughs> I did it. I'm sorry. I didn't see. Mr. Aaron's Goods on Instagram. I think it's mraaronsgoods.com, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I should know that. Don't follow that. Just go to his Instagram and click the link. At Mr. M-R Aaron. A-A-R-O-N. Z. Goods. Goods. <laughs> oh, that's a sound I love to hear on any, any reporting. Uh, thank you, Jenny. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, Eric and Anna. I already said it. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.